0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to A Seat at the Table podcast. I'm your host, Bianca Heron, Lead Editor at HR Daily Advisor. This podcast focuses on diversity, equity, and inclusion in the workplace, featuring thoughtful conversations and insight from experts, changemakers, and leaders from the business world. For today's episode, I am super pleased to be joined by Brian Anders, Director of Human Resources at WorkSmart System. Brian was also recently featured in our Faces of HR column, where we had a lovely conversation about his background and experiences. You can find that link within this post on our website, so please be sure to check that out after this. But Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you for having me. Much appreciated.
0: Brian, please tell me, what is your definition of having a seat at the table?
1: My definition of having a seat at the table is, is really having the ability the autonomy and, and really the support from the business um, to impact the organization—it's um, it, an important role. And I think candidly, the the days of personnel of, of the personnel rep or manager planning the company picnics, being the office counselor, uh, doing the hiring and firing—those days are probably not gone. But I think we've we've come a long way in in the business uh, being an advocate for HR. So I've I've certainly had the opportunity to. To kind of work my way into the a seat at the table, and then really, when you get there, you have to kind of look back. Okay, what, you know, what do I do now? So, with, with that, I think the right leadership, the right uh, business leader, you've got an opportunity to to positively impact uh, employee culture, uh, employee morale, employee retention, depending on your business, uh, client retention. So, yeah, there's there's a tremendous opportunity. Um, again, if you've got that HR advocacy. In the business, and so sometimes you have to earn it, which makes sense.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. With COVID 19, we've seen things disrupt and change, right, in a new way. And I think one of the curveballs that we've seen, just like you said, is this HR advocacy and the true importance of HR. And another big change in general that we're seeing is the arrival of Gen Z in the workplace. And that they are this generation, for many have been a huge disruptor as well. Uh, And of course, HR leaders have to be prepared for this generation because they also have many expectations. Brian, you believe the best way to prepare for Gen Z is by upholding moral accountability, well-being and diversity at work. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I have a number of uh, Gen Z employees on my team and there's just a, obviously they've, they've grown up with technology in their hands from a, a young age with mom and dad's cell phone or tablet. And, and the expectations are quite different from the, the Gen Z's as far as um, having access to, to technology, technology, you know, continuously changing. And, and really with that, um, you know, they, they're more uh, open to continuous and constant feedback. I think kind of rewinding as well, the days of doing a performance review you know, uh, once a year and talking about events that took place 10, 12 months ago are are not gone, but they're certainly waning. So yeah, they're, they continuously look for feedback and it's not so much, you know, good job. It's like, okay, good job and be specific, right? To, to what they did, what their impact was, how they improved, how they delivered, exceeded a customer expectations, whatever uh, the, the, you know, the goal they met or exceeded
0: absolutely so it sounds like communication is key with this generation like on on a different level from well i'm a millennial i can't say that far out right uh but from from what hr leaders are seeing
1: sure yep absolutely um again it's it's constant communication it's and it's a you know it's a culture it's an environment it's a generation where things are immediate Uh, feedback from you know how they did on the project is immediate um, and it's from my experience being an HR 30 years now it's a lot more descriptive back in the day so to speak it was you know good job a pat on the back right now it's again a lot more detailed as far as what that looks like how they you know achieved what I said before exceeded expectations so um, continuous feedback interestingly we have an open door policy here we have a large service environment and it is literally a revolving door but that's a great thing um, just because it, it Takes constant uh,
0: collaboration. I love that. That's amazing. And piggy uh, piggyback, and excuse me, uh, off a, a bit of what you just said there. Of course, you've been in the space uh, for thirty years, and then now you're having to. You have this team of Gen Z, and there's this constant communication, but also this open door, like you just said, back and forth as well. That's happening. Uh, from where you started in your career to where are you now? Is that such a big, of course. You're obviously capable right it's not hard but is that one of the bigger shifts that you've seen
1: years ago i think there was a kind of a mindset of people would learn things and in, in, in some ways in a negative way, i guess keep some things to themselves now it's a lot more open and that's that's culturally that is generational in that um people realize and i think more so with the gen z and then going up from there that that knowing what other people do and there being transparency within the workplace and what everyone does makes everyone's job easier. Me knowing shortcuts to something to share that with my team makes us a lot more productive, a lot better customer service and, and vice versa. Um, you know, all of us like to go on vacation. It's nice to go on vacation and, you know, selfishly not to, you know, get a phone call every a couple hours. So the more the team knows, the more I know, the more we share with each other um, again, the basics, better customer service, um, better knowledge, uh, continuity, uh, contingency planning. You've got multiple people that can do multiple things instead of one person being kind of the, the center of power, so to speak. Sounds like a lot of balance. Yes, it's uh, working in the professional employment organization, PEO world. It's uh, it's a new adventure every day. I've been like, so I've been in HR 30 years. I learn something new in this job every single day. That's amazing. That's
0: amazing. Uh, And to stay in the same vein with Gen Z in the workplace and how HR leaders uh, can prepare for this generation, we're going to tackle your uh, three points that you said again by upholding moral accountability, well-being, and diversity at work. So let's tackle those individually, starting with moral accountability, please.
1: Yeah, um, from the standpoint of moral accountability, and I think a lot of it comes back to in the workplace, having some kind of balance. We talked about coming out of COVID, what that looks like Um, probably more of a shift towards the employee as opposed to the employee I think there's a period of time where employees were somewhat in some ways dictating kind of the terms and conditions of their employment there's been a shift back to more towards the middle and that's good and there doesn't need to be a pendulum shift all the way the other way where the employer you know necessarily dictates um, all the terms and conditions but it you know somewhere in the middle there's there's middle ground that, that's a good balance for, for all parties.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And is there any more there you'd like to tackle with moral accountability or should we shift to the next?
1: Um no it just we're in a world now uh again going back to technology where there's so many things that we're we have accessible on our phones and you know, our computers, etc at work, um there's more moral accountability I think just because you know, if someone steps out of the bounds relative to work, whether it's at work, social media, things like that, um, you know, there's there's certain things you you can say and you can't say about you or your customers. So, um, you know, there, there's certainly a lot more accountability there than there was 20, 30 years ago. In some cases, it wasn't needed because social media wasn't ethnic. Just one thing to add, real quick. Um, we are all employers of our organization, public sector, private. Corporate, profit, non for profit, etc. Twenty four seven. We don't work twenty four seven clearly, but on the weekend, if you do something that's you know out of bounds, illegal, whatever the case may be, that's going to affect your out of you know time work is going to affect your in time work. So um, from that standpoint, I think with social media being so prevalent, that's that's you know come to the surface a lot more so than it, than it ever has. What
0: advice would you give an HR leader? approaching that situation?
1: Sure. I mean, some some speech, no doubt, is protected. It's it's um, you can, you know, you can say certain things, certain things you can't say. But um, part of it is kind of kind of pick your battles, right? Um, Some of it may fall within the guides of, um, you know, employment and be acceptable, even though you disagree with it. And that's part of the battle is, okay. you may disagree with someone's opinion on something, um, but you have to pull the emotional piece back right um, if something's way overbound and really extreme and you know negative impact to customers clients profit etc um, you know, you're to the extreme of you're damaging the company's reputation that's i think that's a different story altogether but disagreeing with someone is is okay um but again it's so hard to pull out for for some the emotional piece that i disagree with that so therefore i'm gonna hold them accountable, you know, in a different way. So, um, you know, we've seen it, you know, era of politics and COVID and everything else, um, you know, the last couple of years have been an adventure.
0: I love what you said there. It's, you know, picking your battles. It also sounds like intention is important there as well to make sure, like you said, you're pulling that emotion back uh, and that you're just objective. Our next segue here, we're going to tackle To help HR leaders prepare for Gen Z in the workplace is also excuse me is also well being. Could you share there, please, your thoughts?
1: A lot of I think is tied back to uh, some of the things we've hit on previously, and that is um, finding that middle ground between. And again, this is is company by company. If you're in manufacturing or logistics, transportation, um, you probably can't have your employees work from home and be a machinist, right? So it's it's certainly not one size fits all, but finding the right mix for your organization that'll drive your culture and that may be full-on remote that may be full in the office because of customer service or some of the other occupations I mentioned but at least make some effort towards um, it, even if it's a couple of days a month as far as working remotely people you know want to have interactions some people never want to work remote and then some people want to you know be remote all the time so you've got to work some cultural, um, organizational culture, middle ground there that, that hopefully encapsulates everyone. Again, you're probably not going to appease or please everyone at once, but at least you're showing, um, you know, taking action, the feedback you receive from them as far as what, what their needs are. And and just to get, take it even further, you know, you know, we have personally here, we have, uh, after hours events once a month where people stay after and play, play cards. Um, have a few drinks, which is is a nice social hour. Um, People always bring their their dogs into the office once a week. I mean, it's just, and again, that's not, it's not a one size fits all. Some organizations, safety, et cetera, you can't do that, but maybe there are other things you can do, right? So use what fits um, within your organizational structure.
0: With well being as well, uh, mental health is also a a big component here too. Um, Many people are finding as well uh, excuse me. What I'm saying to keep employees engaged and productive, right? Their work, workforce, they're finding that mental health is a key to that. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, I, and especially in the era of of you know hopefully post COVID at some point. But um, I think there was a, there were a lot of demands put on a lot of people during COVID. Um, it really um, stretched a lot of people no doubt we had a lot of mental health issues that came out of it. Everything from people not wanting to work, work remote all the time to you know, isolation, et cetera, and, and certainly the fears and concerns that come along with COVID and, and exposure and testing positive and executive orders and mandates and masks and PPEs and et cetera. Uh, but I think with that, what came out of it, and in particular in the, the Generation Z, um, the Gen Z HR people, was that they were forced to mature rather quickly? In that they were immediately thrust into leadership roles for their office or their company, on making sure you know there's a safety program, there's PPE, all those things I mentioned before, in addition to immediate conflict resolution. Someone that doesn't want to abide by the mandates or the mask requirements or isolation, or quarantine. so they it, w- it was a for those in HR, and, and certainly in, in you know throughout businesses, profit, nonprofit, et cetera, uh, it was a quick maturing. And if, if someone had little to no experience, they they gained you know years of experience, um, you know several years of experience in the span of a year and a half to two years during COVID, just by nature of of what we were having to deal with. Um, so I saw people go from entry level HR in two years later, extensive experience in employee relations, conflict resolution. And it, it just, if, if you can, and, and I see a number of people on my team who not only survived COVID, but thrived and helped support our clients, our organization, they can write their own ticket. I mean, they just to have survived that, being an HR 30 years, have never dealt with anything even close to that and to see someone at that age and that level of, you know, HR experience thrives so much. Again, they, they can punch their own tickets. Everything from here on out is easier, right? <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, let's hope so. <laughs> let's hope so. Absolutely. And that's that's amazing to hear. Um, wow. You know what? That's a great point. I, I never heard anyone mention that before. We talk about many facets when it comes, comes, excuse me, excitement to COVID, COVID-19. Uh, but I had never heard someone talk about the HR leaders in this position that are new, right? Entry level, like you mentioned, who made a way out of no way. Let's say that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And there really wasn't a choice in the matter. You just you had to step up. And what what's the old adage? What uh, um, what doesn't challenge you changes you. You know, what doesn't challenge you doesn't change you rather. And so, you know, in the era of COVID, we we all had to change because it challenged every one of us in different ways. So it was it was kind of a quick Growing up period for a lot of HR professionals.
0: And our last pillar here to tackle the best way to prepare for Gen Z is by upholding diversity at work. And your thoughts there, Brian?
1: Yeah, I, in starting in recruitment um, many years ago in my career, I, I quickly figured out that you can diversify your candidate pool. And I, what I mean by diversity is you know not just you know race, age, gender, etc. Um, by by making certain initiatives, you can expand and diversify your candidate pool, which then diversifies your employee representation. Um, Implement an employee referral program and and any program will tell you that people are more likely to uh, refer people that are like themselves. So if you've now increased your candidate pool, you have a more diverse candidate pool to, to, to pull from to recruit from and hire from you hire those individuals, you get referrals. Again, it, it kind of feeds on itself. So, um, yeah, I was tasked with a number of opportunities early on in my career, uh, involving recruitment efforts and initiatives and, um, you know, going to community organizations, uh, in some cases when I, when I worked, uh, recruitment at FedEx at the start of my career, going to historically black colleges to recruit, uh, for instructional design specialists, engineers, um, was a very eye-opening experience and a very intrinsically rewarding experience. So, um, yeah, it's, um, it, it, like I said, it kind of feeds on itself. I think once you expand your, your candidate pool, then it just, like I said, it, it, it grows.
0: Absolutely. And it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong here or not, Brian, but you're creating your own pipeline as well.
1: Correct. Yeah. You're building relationships. Um, you know, locally here in Indianapolis, Martin University was a, a, a continuous resource for us to recruit from. And in a fast paced transportation environment, um, you know, there's the, the opportunities were unlimited. So, yeah, it was very rewarding, too, to see someone go from a package handler up to you know, get their degree and become an engineer or a manager. You know.
0: Absolutely. I love that. I love that. And one more question for you. Uh, but before I ask you that, Brian, is there anything else you'd like to add or
1: talk about? No, I, I appreciate the opportunity. I've, uh, I've had uh, a number of businesses where I've, you know, had a seat at the table and, um, you know, had huge HR advocacy and the things that we accomplished as an organization were, you know, the sky's the limit, literally. So I, I, I see where that's not the case in some situations and, and yeah, take your HR person and leverage Leverage every uh, minute you can out of them.
0: Absolutely. And my final question for you, Brian, what's on your heart?
1: What is on my heart is 31-year um, marriage to my wife and five kids and youngest daughter heads off to college. So that, that is what's on my heart every day. That's why I come into work every day in part and you know, deliver and execute on, on everything I can to help support them.
0: That's amazing. I love that. And congratulations. Well, Brian, I appreciate your time. It's truly been a delight. Thank you for being here.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. To our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in today. And remember, you can always listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Again, I'm Bianca Heron. Join us next time at the table. And as always, we'll have your seat waiting for you.